We're here to look at Friday's games. There's only six of them on, but we're going to talk about what we're streaming in, the things we're looking for, injury updates, stream of the days. It's all coming. So is Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I'm a tween hezzy midi pull-up legend. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Six games Friday. Obviously, the schedules for the week's a bit weird. We usually have more games on Friday. But we've got 12 on Saturday and then zero on Sunday. Two days left in the week to make moves or to uh, win your week. Six-day uh, six matchup this week, as we're well aware. We're going to go through all of the action for Friday. We are going to put the biggest bird, Zion Williamson, under the lens as well. He's been the biggest riser in fantasy over the last week. So we're going to talk about his production, how real it is, and what we can expect from the big fella as we move forward. But that will bring us now just to give some updates on some injuries for the first day of December. It's already December here, and it's pretty much the same as November. Markel Fultz remains sidelined. Again, I don't know when this guy is coming back. If you need the spots, move on. Like, who knows? It feels like it's going to be an ongoing thing. We've got no time frame for when he returns. He's not good enough to hold through this nonsense for weeks on end. Move on. Grab him later if you need to. Right, move on. Done. Ubre's out again. Uh, he'll be returning next week, so that's going to happen soon. Um, Wendell Carter remains out, probably a week and a half left. Christos Porzingis remains out for the Celtics. He could be back for the quarterfinals of the tournament next week. Luke Kennard and Xavier Tillman remain sidelined for the Memphis Grizzlies, as does Ja Morant, obviously, with his issue, as does Stephen Adams with his issue. We haven't had any updates on Tillman or Kennard um, recently at all. Tillman might end up having fantasy value later on, but he's obviously not worth the hold in the majority of cases. Maxi Kleber, I'm assuming, is out for Dallas. I haven't heard any updates on that. Christian Coloco still, I think, is out for the Raptors with whatever the hell is going on with his illness. And we did just get an update on Larry Nance. Unfortunately, Larry Nance has refractured his rib. Yuck. Another four to six weeks. That is only going to help the value of Jonas Valanciunas, who was pushing up anyway. Um, that's shit for the Pelicans, given that they're getting everyone else back, and now Nance is gone. Again, they were sort of fa- not phasing Nance out, but they do have a capable third stringer in Cody Zeller, and Nance wasn't as impactful this season as he's been. But it's obviously bad news for Larry, who just he just can't stay healthy at this point. And unfortunately, I, 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 don't, want to, I don't want to do it for him. But he is definitely on washed watch, mainly just because he can't stay healthy and the impact for him is not there. John Isaac, we got listed as questionable. Um, yeah, well, obviously, we're not holding him in 12-team leagues. Timmy Hardaway's popped up on the injury report as questionable. Um, they haven't actually specified what the injury is, according to this, what I can see here. Hmm, okay. His value in 12s has dropped off. He's just a stream guy now. Embiid missed the last game with an illness. He is officially questionable for Friday's game. Is it a Christian Coloco injury? I hope not. It's going to illness. It's going to cost him six months. Hopefully, he's okay to go. So Larry Nance is out. We don't have the update on Matt Ryan, but he could be returning uh, for this game for the Pelicans as well. Not that I necessarily think he's even going to be a part of the rotation. 
I am listing Victor Wembanyama as questionable. He is still questionable for Thursday's game. Now, this is a back-to-back, very obviously, if he's questionable for Thursday and Friday. I do think that there is a chance that he sits one of these games. I don't think he sits both of them, but I would guess that on a back-to-back with a hip issue that's listing him questionable, Vic is going to sit one of these games. So if he plays Thursday, I'd expect that he sits Friday. If he, if he sits Thursday, I think he plays Friday. We'll find out. Aaron Gordon um, missed the last few for the Nuggets. They've been starting Justin Holiday in his spot. That's a deeper league stream scenario. We don't have that update on Gordon yet. We don't have the update on Grayson Allen yet either, who's missed the last few with an illness. And that ties into Devin Booker. Now, I have listed Devin Booker doubtful. He sprained his ankle in that game, um, came back out there, couldn't move, was working as a decoy. He said to himself, hey, I'm just going to get out there, help the team win, stand around, and hopefully draw some attention away from others. And what he was saying post-game made me think like there's very little chance that he's going to play. Normally, players are like, yeah, no, I'm fine. He's like, oh, we'll see how it goes. It's still a really long flight to Denver. So, look, what does that mean? To me, that suggests that he's not going to play. I don't know that. That is speculation, trying to understand the words of players who are usually incredibly optimistic on their uh, statuses for injuries. We'll find out, though. I've got him doubtful. Apollo Banquero apparently was hurting his... uh, The Spurs have just changed some um, injury reports. Uh, They've just downgraded Doug McDermott to doubtful for Thursday. There you go. So maybe Dougie doesn't play on Friday as as well. Uh, Back to Apollo Banquero and the Magic. Apparently, he sprained his ankle in that game where he was really quite poor. Um, But he's listed probable, so that's good news. And then... I've sort of buried the lead, I guess, with injuries, but me and Adam Stock talked about it earlier today on the Mailbag Show, but the big fella's back. Ken Murphy, he's probable. Well, he's going to play. Ken Murphy's returning. I would expect it's limited minutes for Ken, and they play a back-to-back Friday, Saturday. So I would expect that Murphy plays on Friday and sits on Saturday. CJ McCollum is going to sit on Saturday as well. So while the Pelicans are going to get their guys back, they're probably going to be skeleton crewing. And hey, probably Zion sits on Saturday too. We'll talk about Zion a little bit later on, but the expectation should be, I would think, that Zion, who has sat all of their back-to-backs, does sit there back-to-back on Saturday. So they might be without CJ, without Zion, and without um, Trey Murphy. But given the Pelicans are in the in-season tournament, that's going to open up interesting streaming opportunities for Saturday, plus the Monday or Tuesday, plus if they win for the Thursday next week. So, um, yeah, some very interesting things developing there. Nico Batum is probable with his finger issue, and with Kelly Oubre out, his minutes stay up. Jaden Springer is also probable, and I've got Jeremy Sohan there listed as probable too. Sohan is probable to play on Thursday. It is knee sauna, so the back-to-back throws everything up in the air. Maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. I don't know, but you'd have to think there's a, a, a level of doubt on his availability for both of these games, even if it appears likely that he's going to be rocking and rolling and ready to go for the game on Thursday, which is where we currently sit with that at the moment. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. With the weather cooling down, the offers on FanDuel stay hot, whether that's for the NBA, the NFL, college football, bowl season, and playoffs coming up. All of the offers on FanDuel are great. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That is $150 if your team wins. So just find a team that you like that's playing against a bad team, $5 Moneyline bet, and then you can get, if they win, that $150 in bonus bets. And then if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, why wouldn't you do it now? There's never been a better time. And all of the odds and, and uh, bet types are so easy to use. So is the app. you got parlays. You've got uh, spreads. You've got totals. You've got player props. You've got futures. Put a bet on the in-season tournament games and see if you can pick out of the eight teams left who is going to win. So go to fanjuelcom slash locked on and continue through with the NBA season. Fangel's also an official partner of some league called the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. 
that will bring us now into talking about uh, the biggest bird, Zion Williamson. I had Zion featured on the thumbnail of yesterday's uh, show because he had a big performance. And then when I went to look at the, the hot players list and see who was the biggest performer or biggest faller, biggest riser or biggest faller in fantasy basketball production over the last week, his name popped up. And the Pelicans play on Friday, so it is an absolute perfect match. So let's look at what is happening with the big fella at the moment because it was a slow start for Zion. But historically, when he comes off injuries, it does take a little bit of time to get rolling. And one of the big things that was holding Zion back to start the season was his field goal percentage was down and he just wasn't getting to the rim anywhere near enough. Now, in the past, the thing that we've loved about Zion was his ability to hit the rim. We also loved his ability to get into the paint and shoot basketballs, but he was he was really, really down in that area. And part of that, I'm guessing, was injury-related. But there was somewhat of a worry. Has he, has he lost the burst? Because he's unstoppable, right? Once he gets there, he finishes better than basically anybody. And we were worried that did has the injuries sapped enough athleticism that he couldn't get to the rim when he wanted to? And that was a concern. And we detailed that his field goal percentage at the rim, but more importantly, his frequency was well down. Well, it's corrected. Last season, he attempted 14.4 attempts at the rim per 75 possessions, according to dunks and threes. This season, he's up to 14.2. So we're basically back at where we were last season, despite the slow start. So that's great. Great news. He's not quite converting that same percentage. I think it's at like two percentage points less at the rim, but that's very easy to fix. So we're we're back. In the last week, he's the 14th ranked player in category leagues in minus one. He's the ninth ranked player in fantasy points, averaging 50, 50 points per game. Now, I've said some things about Zion in the past, saying he's a top 20 per game fantasy points guy with top 15 category league upside if things crack together. We've seen it. I'm not here to tell you that what Zion has done the last week is in any way repeatable as we move forward. But 30 points, six rebounds, six assists, that is totally reasonable. 62 from the field, why not? He shot 61 last season and 61 the year before that. Why can't he do that? The thing that would hold you back from looking at this is that the fact that he's attempted 10 free throws a game over the last three games and hit 80%. And you go, well, he's not a good free throw shooter, Josh, understandably. Like he's at 65 for the season, 71 last year, 70 the year before that. But when we're talking fantasy and we're talking head-to-head leagues, we understand that, that Zion's not good at it. And we can punt that category. And that's why when I'm looking at minus one rankings, like he's 14th. So even if that dropped back to 70%, which is like, you know, one out of 10 attempts per game, um, which is great because he's taken 10 a game over the last three. So that's one make less. That's one point less. So 30 points goes to 29 points. And again, the impact of the free throws doesn't impact your build strategy with him. What's, what's so hard about getting to this? Now, I've, I've also hidden something from you because he's averaging two steals a game, which is probably the big thing that's not going to hold. He's at 1.1 for the season, 1.1 last season, but over the last uh, six games, he's at 1.5. There is a possibility, and this guy put up historic defensive numbers at Duke. They were insane, blocks and steals. And he started off the season really badly. These are his steal numbers starting from game one, 00200201. Bad, yeah? And then since then, we've gone 2-0, 3-0, 3 Multiple steal games. I'm not getting excited that that's going to happen continually, but it could. And that's the difference between him being a top 50 player on minus one or being a top 20 player. The free throws, they can come and go. Everything else is in line here. He's also averaged uh, six assists over the last three games. Will CJ have an impact on that? Maybe. Maybe. 
That, that's possible. But honestly, they should have the ball in Zion's hands. And I, I do, I'm, I'm not willing to say that he is this guy. I'm, I'm not, but I am just giving us uh, an explanation or a view as to how he gets there. And when I talk about, hey, maybe Zion does have top 15 upside at some point in the future, you can see the skeleton of how you get there. It's not actually that hard. Let's hope it continues. Let's look at some... Ba- Who's got the back-to-back on Friday, Saturday? Remember, there are 12 games on Saturday. So we've got six teams that play the back-to-back. The Pelicans is the big one there because of the chance of Trey not playing Saturday, Zion not playing Saturday, CJ not playing Saturday. Big opportunities open up for them Saturday. The Magic have got the back-to-back. John Isaac probably won't play both of those, considering he's already questionable. The Mavs have the back-to-back. That doesn't matter too much. The Suns, that's where the Devin Booker situation comes in. Almost no chance he plays both of them. Durant will be fine. Everyone else should be okay. The Grizzlies, like what happens with Derek Rose, newly minted starting point guard? Does he play the back-to-back? I don't know. The other one's the Nuggets, which shouldn't be too much of a concern in terms of who is playing in those games. If you look at the streams of the day, for 10-team leagues, I am going with Cole Anthony. He does just slide under my roster percentage number at 65. He's at 65. We keep going with him. He's putting up great numbers. It's going to cool off, no doubt, but he's playing really well. Your 12-team league, we go to Orlando again. It's Mo Wagner, but you could easily throw Goga Badadze in there. It just depends what you want. You want some blocks and field goals, go with Goga. You want some, um, well, actually, Mo's a great field goal guy as well. His efficiency has been absolutely through the roof this season, but he's a high-volume scorer with decent rebounds. Just different stats. Mo's probably the guy I look for, but whatever, either one. For 14-teamers, I am putting Jordan Goodwin in there with one of the biggest giant asterisks you've ever seen because if Devin Booker plays and then Grayson Allen plays, Goodwin's got no hope of being this guy. But I would say that Booker doesn't play and there's a 50-50 chance that Allen doesn't play, meaning Goodwin might be straight up, right into even 12-team discussions. And sometimes when you're taking a stream flyer on guys, we want to hit some upside. We want to take a crack and go, well, maybe this works. Look, if Booker and Allen play, there's no chance. But if they're out, straight through the roof. We've got Derek Rose as a 16-team league streamer. A stream of the day, and also is the Yahoo Points stream of the day. And that's a little bit there with Rose as well. Look, you could easily look at Rose as a 14-team stream, even a 12-team stream if you wanted to. He's not a great all-around category league guy, but once you push into deepers, he's fine. But for the points league side of things, the guys, I do have a couple of guys that are projected marginally ahead of him. It's Mo Wagner. It's Goga Badadze, who are under 45% rostered. Okay, look, do I really want to look at those guys? Jordan Goodwin. Do I really want to look at those guys as these great points league streams? Because I don't. Derek Rose is probably the guy with a little bit of a higher upside in that group, and his game is suited to points leagues. He might have 16, 6, 6, 16, 3, and 6, right? That's enough. He also might not, but I want to hit a little bit more of that upside rather than a little bit of safety there. And for ESPN points, I'm going to go with Mo Wagner because efficiency does play a large part in the ESPN point scoring system. Wagner's field goal percentage has been absolutely through the roof so far this season. He's just scoring so efficiently that he's worth looking at there. What is on my radar in the first game of the day? It is the Washington Wizards. It is the Orlando Magic. It is the Avracadavra Bowl. Jordan Poole, do we want to watch that? Of course we don't because we don't like to torture ourselves with someone who has devolved into one of the worst players in the NBA to watch. And don't let it fool you, right? Jordan Poole was never this bad. He was never this infuriating to watch. There were signs of infuriation. Two years ago, he was unbelievably good. He was fun. He shot well. He was good in the NBA and a key part of an NBA title winning team. This guy, what's he good for? Mustache rides? What's what's? I don't know what's going on. I do know what's going on. There's a lot of stuff happening up in his head regarding whatever, the trade, the punch. Who knows? Whatever it is, it's bad. 
You see the little flash like glass going, oh, that's, that's hmm, maybe. And he goes out and does nothing the next one. So let's see if anything could be salvaged. On the magic side of thing, I want to watch Jalen Suggs, one of the best defenders in the NBA. You'd ha- I don't haven't done this yet, but is he in the running for an all-defensive team? Maybe. He's been unbelievable. His minutes are up. His offense has improved. He's great. He's a must-roster player until further notice. Your streams are probably looking at Bilal Kulabli, who is rostered nowhere, which is right, because he should have been dropped in 12s. Uh, but he's a good streamer. And then it is Mo Wagner, of course. If Cole or Suggs are available, you grab them. And then Wagner and Badadze are your next group of... Um, Next group of stream guys, that is how that works. It also works that today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. If you are looking for tickets to events, why should it be frustrating? We've all had frustrating ticket buying experiences, not with Game Time, but with other apps. And it's a pain. We want an easy process. We want discounts. We want guarantees. We want flash deals. That's what they give you. You've got your phone out there. You've got your Game Time app, and they'll send you a little buzz. Like, a bzz, hey, something's going on tonight. Cheap tickets. You want to go? And you go, mate, that sounds pretty good. Let's go in and have a look. So you go into the Game Time app. You check out all the things that got event, cancellation protection, job loss guarantees, um, zone deals, all in prices. So they don't go, hey, we've got a ticket here for 50 bucks. You go, man, that looks great. I'm going to go to this event tonight for 50 bucks. You go to check out $80. Excuse me? That's not what Game Time's about. The price you see is the price you pay. We love this all-in pricing that GameTime provides. So GameTime's ethos is to take the guesswork out of buying tickets. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's bang out the rest of these games. What is on my radar for the old New York Knickerbockers and the Toronto Raptors? This is a back-to-back second game for the Knicks, but I do still want to watch Rowan Barrett. Is he back to being the old Rowan Barrett? Yes. Will he continue to be the old Rowan Barrett? Almost definitely. Let's watch that. Well, for the Raptors, I want to see Pascal Shaquem because we saw a really slow start for Siakam to begin this season and Scotty Barnes was getting all the usage. And the general consensus was, well, of course, it makes sense. They're going to put the ball in, in Barnes's hands. He's the future of the franchise, blah, blah, blah. That has flipped. And now Barnes just sits at like 21, 22 usage and Siakam comes back to 26, 27. Is that what they're going to do? Are we going to see more oscillation between these two? Is Siakam going to do anything with efficiency or defensive stats? Or is he going to just bludgeon us with usage? How they run the offensive pecking order remains a question on this team. In terms of streams for the Knicks, like Josh Hart, if he's available, but he's hit over my threshold. Um, so Isaiah Hartenstein, Dante DiVincenzo. Of course, we look at quickly and we look at... Um, Hart as better options if they're available. And then for the Raptors, we're going to look at Gaz Trent, uh, who's just a perfect streamer. That's all he is. He's nothing more. We don't hold him through everything, but we stream him when the opportunities arise. The next game is the Memphis Grizzlies and the Dallas Mavericks. I want to see, unfortunately, David Roddy. Do I like watching David Roddy play? No, but I do expect that he's going to start again after a big performance last time out against Utah. Now, if Roddy strings together a couple of good games in a row, then I'll be on board with streaming him in as an option, but I don't really buy that. But he played well last game. He will start again, and we'll see what he delivers. We'll see how they use his minutes compared with Zaire Williams, who was also good last game, and Santi Aldama, who's struggled a little bit. On the Dallas side, it's Derek Lively. Lively, as a rookie, has been really good. And the numbers don't pop necessarily. But as long as he stays out of foul trouble, he is going to get high 20s in minutes. 
He is the perfect pairing with Luka Doncic, and he should be rostered in every 12-team category league. Points leagues, less so. You have a look. What is the average in your points league format? Is it better than the guys on the waiver wire? If, if not, then don't roster him. But in a category league, you do need to roster him. In terms of streams, Derek Rose, I, will, I believe he will start. Jacob Gilead played zero minutes last game. Um, the question, I guess, will be, will Rose play on the Saturday? Does Gilead get back in there? But Rose is the guy we're streaming for now until uh, two weeks' time or whatever it is when Jar and Marcus Smart return. And then Lively's still available. He's like 42% rostered. His roster numbers come down. It was 46 a week ago. It's come down. Nonsense. Go and add him. In any category, go and add Derek Lively. A perfect stream, but a stream that you don't let go of in this situation. Philadelphia and Boston. I want to see the wave pull DeAnthony Melton. Um... He's been much better. The minutes are pushing up. The usage is a little bit higher. Let's just see if he can continue to do this. It feels like we're getting a little bit more stability from him, and that's really important for his value when Cali Oubre returns, which I don't think will be impacted significantly. For the Celtics, Al Horford is continuing to thrive in this role, and Porzingis is expected to be out once more. So Horford is going to be in a strong role and really complementing those other players. In terms of streams, Bob Covington or Nick Batumu can be the options there for the Sixers. And then Slam and Sammy Hauser is probably the Boston guy we take a look at with Horford now up over 50% rostered. Remembering the Celtics are an in-season tournament team, so you get a game on Monday or Tuesday. I don't know which day it is. doesn't really matter. And then they might win and play another quality game on Thursday next week. So your Horfords, your Houses, really good value in streaming them in for Friday's game. That is their last game for the week. They don't play Saturday, Sunday. Remember, no game Sunday for anybody. And then we're in-season tournamenting with those players. So there's value in them and chance of them winning again and playing on Thursday, which you can't say for a lot of different teams. The Spurs and the Pelicans, this is a back-to-back for San Antonio. It's a big, like, I don't know with this squad. Does Wembenyama even play? And if Wembenyama does not play in one of these games, do we get Goldfinger or do we get Don Barlow? I could see Barlow starting at the four next to Zach Collins. I don't think Bassey and Barlow or Bassey and uh, Collins work well together necessarily, but it would be very interesting. Or do they put, like, Osman in at the four? I hope not. Let's see what they do. But there could be some very interesting opportunities there. For the Pelicans, it's CJ McCollum. And it's sort of CJ McCollum in a, like, how does that tie in with the rest of the team? Because last game, CJ put up really good numbers. But Ingram had 15 usage. So while I was saying I want to watch McCollum, I want to watch offensive hierarchy. There's Zion. And then where does it go next? Does CJ get the usage? Does Ingram get it back? How does CJ look if he pushes back to 22 usage? Or does he stay high and Ingram stays low? What does that mean for Jordan Hawkins, whose usage stayed high last game? There's just a lot of things that we need to figure out. Plus, Trey's coming back. So how does that all work in there? In terms of streams, we are looking at Jeremy Sohan. If he is available, he's rostered nowhere and he'd be a good stream. And then Jordan Hawkins is worth looking at, but he also might play 15 minutes. It's a tough one to see about what happens with Ken Murphy back in the lineup. The Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. I do want to see Jamal Murray, but more more importantly with Jamal here is, uh, well, he played this one. He probably doesn't play their game on Saturday. Um, what he looks like in terms of, he heard, it looked like he hurt his leg early on in that game and sort of limped around. What do his minutes look like and the efficiency coming back up? There's still probably a little bit of a buy low here going on the headmaster himself. For the Suns, Yusuf Nurkic, whose efficiency at the rim has been shithouse for years. But he's good at the moment and I don't really know what to do with it. Like, is this the... Um, vindication of me saying that Nurkic could be a really high draft pick four years ago. It's not, very clearly. But at least we're... Not at least. like We're seeing that he does have a really fantasy-friendly game. Can he continue to play like this? I've got my doubts, clearly. But he's playing well. In terms of streams, Reggie Jackson, especially if Murray remains on a minutes limit. 
And then um, you could look at Jordan Goodwin, but again, that is going to depend, as I said, on Booker's status, which I expect is going to be out. And then even more, not even more so, the Grayson Allen one boosts Jordan Goodwin even further if he is out. Obviously, Eric Gordon's the guy we go with, but I would prefer Goodwin over a uh, Josh Okogie or a Kata Bates-Diop in that scenario. Um, all right, what did I hit there? The wrong button. Let's look at the two-for-ones on the Friday, Saturday. Now, you might not have the space to stream in on the Saturday, but you might. But these are some guys we look at. We go to the Magic. So it's Wagner and Badadze. Of course, Anthony and Suggs prioritized above those players. Derek Lively. Back-to-back for the Mavs. Lively should be rostered anyway. Just grab him. Reggie Jackson with yeah, 20 minutes on Friday, maybe 32 on Saturday, assuming that Jamal Murray sits on the back-to-back, which I think is a pretty strong assumption. Dyson Daniels, probably low minutes on Friday, but like I said, the Pelicans, Trey, CJ, Zion, all might sit on Saturday, which pushes Dyson up plus 30, most likely Jordan Hawkins up in that game as well. So big opportunities that you get a little bit in on Friday, you get the big boost on Saturday, plus in-season tournament for Monday, Tuesday next week. And the last one is Derek Rose. But I don't know that he plays the back-to-back. So I've got him there. So maybe it works. Maybe you throw David Roddy in there. You don't want it, but maybe you do. If Rose plays the back-to-back, he's a nice little stream, but who knows? I don't really know where they're at with his injuries, histories, and his body breaking down and all that stuff. If you want to chunk it up for the next five days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we've got no games on Sunday, no streaming on Saturday. So we're looking at Friday, Monday, Tuesday, stream days. Nobody plays three games across those days, not surprisingly. So we're looking for two game guys. Grayson Allen, if he plays, Slammin' Sammy Hauser, Drew Eubanks, Isaiah Hartenstein, and you'll notice they are all in-season tournament teams. Dante DiVincenzo and Peyton Pritchard. Now, you could make an argument that even one game, one quality game out of Mo Wagner or Gogo Badadze is better than two games of DiVincenzo, Pritchard, or Hauser. Fine, you could. The thing with the two-game situation is, is you get two cracks at one of these guys out of nowhere popping off. So one game, Sam Hauser might have six points. And then one game, someone gets hurt mid-game, he comes in, plays 30 minutes, pops up, has 25. It's two opportunities to hit. And that probably sways me more than the median outcome of these scenarios. If two games of Peyton Pritchard is probably not as good as one game of Mo Wagner, but you've got two opportunities for something to happen. And that gives me just a little bit of an extra boost in a lot of those scenarios. It can be a tough one to weigh up at times, obviously. In terms of 10-team streaming options back for Friday, we look at Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs. Still available. You definitely want them. Al Horford, Mo Wagner, Goga Badadze, and Eric Gordon, all providing very, very strong 10-team league value. For 12-teamers, we're cascading, remember, so all those 10s are options there. We look at Jordan Goodwin, if all of those caveats that I've already mentioned apply. Um, Jeremy Sohan and Grayson Allen, not sure of their statuses, but they would be options. Bobby Covington, Bismack Biombo, and Derek Rose, also on the 12-team stream. These are all 40% or fewer um, leagues rostered in. And for deeper leagues, we go for um, David Roddy Piper. We go with Nico Batum, Sammy Hauser, Bilal Kulabali, Gary Harris, and Grant Williams. In Dallas, and lastly, you know where we finish this off. It's with points leagues. These are 50% rostered or below. So Sohan, Mo Wagner, Goga Badadze, Jordy Goodwin, Derek Rose, and Derek Lively too. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, I think you know what to do. I want those thumbs. I want them stuck so far up that I can't even find them anymore. Thumb them right up, subscribe, ring that notification bell, give it a little, give it a little jingle, see what happens. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.